Wrestling with Theology is a weekly Bible study that seeks to equip you to wrestle with the theologies that surround us in our everyday life. Through these studies, your faith in Christ will be strengthened through the Scriptures and the Lutheran Confessions. Join Pastor Minton for these next few minutes as he helps you get ready to wrestle with theology. Wrestling with Theology. I am Pastor Doug Minton here with the first episode of Pro Wrestling America. Now, what is Pro Wrestling America? Why is it that I have programmed things so that we spend two weeks actually talking about a wrestling organization that does not exist? Well, here's the deal every sports fan has a dream team they would love to see play together. Wrestling is no different. There is a desire for the opportunity to be able to book their own promotion. In the mid-1990s, the internet was flooded with e-wrestling federations. Fantasy wrestling promotions run through email either with real wrestlers or with original wrestlers. I successfully ran one for years. And in the last decade or so, I have made several attempts to recreate one. Pro Wrestling America is one such promotion that is seeing a resurrection after more than a year in the dust. The podcast episodes will go behind the scenes through the processes that go into booking a territory. The PWA will have two monthly cards beginning July 22nd. The matches on the card will be highlighted through the episode, but it will also show what it takes to keep a successful wrestling promotion off the ropes. The history of the PWA goes way back to, I believe, 2008. I had getting the itch again to have a fantasy wrestling league again. So I created Mississippi Valley Wrestling, which I had originally set up as a scrapbook federation, kind of like the way world-class championship wrestling was shown on ESPN. The MVW had cards from March 9th, 1978, to March 9th, 2008. And I was going to have cards where we went back and forth through time to kind of tell stories. This is basically what uh, Jarrett Parsons Television does with especially Memphis, and I believe they're doing it with Portland as well. But going back, picking out things from all their vast vault of videos to tell the stories of what was going on at the time. The scrapbook part of it got tossed to the side not long afterwards and I just decided I'm just going to run through and instead of making up cards here and there I was just going to start with the first card on March 9th 1978 and just go all the way through the 30 years. Over the course of several years I did that and then it fell off by the wayside as I got busy with doing things in my ministry and it got picked up again a few years ago and over and over again it's been picked up and put down and different ways of doing things as each time I picked it up I had some other idea to go with it and I end up going through and rewriting the whole thing 
which I started to do last year. And I decided, no, I'm done with this. Deleted it all off. Uh, the website, which I had in the wiki format. Also in the back of this, as MVW had primarily original wrestlers, I wanted to have this whole dream team idea. So a couple years ago, I opened up a Facebook group with a few uh, people from other groups of wrestling fans called the Overlooked Wrestlers League, which was basically open to any wrestler who had never held a major world heavyweight title, whether that was the NWA, the WWF, WCW, uh, Total Nonstop Action, or All Japan Triple Crown. So we had fun with that, but it got to be where it was getting monotonous because we were there were a handful of people and we we're having the same matches over and over again. So we expanded that out to what became Facebook Championship Wrestling, where each of us took the wrestlers that we had and built a promotion around it. And we were going to have monthly cards where we then did interpromotional matches. Uh, that lasted, I think, two months. Pro Wrestling America was started with that. Uh, it was actually called Midnight Wrestling Federation at the time. And I revamped it a little bit and brought about a bit of a change, especially bringing about the idea from people who were had been excited about my Wrestling with Theology podcast going, I thought you'd actually be talking more about wrestling. And so I was like, well, and that was in the time I was trying to figure out whether or not to keep Common Ground and Apostolic Fathers going. And so I decided I can revamp this, tweak it a little bit, and we might even have some of the some of my wrestling buddies from the group that had their own promotions. We might actually come in and do some things maybe uh, this winter to bring that about. So that's kind of the background of Pro Wrestling America and how it got to be where it is today. So as part of Facebook Championship Wrestling, we had a draft for wrestlers because we could not just have everybody uh, picking guys because you could have Ric Flair in seven different promotions all res wrestling all over the place at the same time. No, granted, it's a fantasy wrestling league, but you know, still don't want to have the same wrestler in multiple ones. So we did the draft, and my roster came out to be a very strong roster in my opinion but then again it's my opinion because it's my league uh, so uh, first we did the managers which i ended up with sunshine uh, from world class and uh, uwf uh, bobby heenan skandar akbar downtown bruno and captain lou albano so now we've got these guys we've got to clear out the rest of the roster so that we can get stables going and we can get things set up. And so in the draft, we had a certain salary cap that we could have. And you know, whatever wrestlers we wanted, as long as we didn't exceed that salary cap. So each wrestler was based on points as to basically how they had been ranked by Pro Wrestling Illustrated throughout the years of doing their top 500 wrestlers. So from 10 points for those who have been in the top 50 primarily all of their career, all the way down to zero for those who ended up only showing up at number 500. 
as a wrestling promotion, you have the wrestlers grouped in different ranks. And there are typically five ranks in most wrestling promotions. You have the main eventers, you know, those guys who are at the top of the card fighting for the top title, whether it's world title, a Southern heavyweight title in Memphis, the Texas title or the American title. There's always a debate as to which one is actually more pushed. Then you have the upper mid carters who are not quite ready for main event or may, may have been main eventers at one time and are backing down in how they're pushed and booked. Uh, these guys will go for like the United States heavyweight title. NWA and WCW had it, uh, the Intercontinental title in WWF. Then you have the mid-carters who are just kind of the solid core of the uh, promotion. So you have, except for in uh, Continental Championship Wrestling where their dad ran it, you have the Armstrong brothers, Brad, Scott, and Steve, idyllic uh, mid-carters there that they don't necessarily need to be pushed more. They just enjoy being in the ring. This is what I do for a living. What more could I ask for? Then you have the lower mid-carters who are the guys who are not quite just getting into wrestling, but they're still having to make their way up the ranks. They're a little better than rookies, but they're not quite gotten their character down yet to go, okay, we can book this better. And then you have the bottom rank, which uh, has traditionally been called jobbers, but many people dislike that, would like something more like enhancement talent, which is the guys who never receive a big push that are only there to help the stars actually get more over with the crowd. These are the guys that week in and week out just get the snot beat out of them. And that's what they're paid to do. They're paid to get the snot beat out of them every week. In Pro Wrestling America right now, I don't have any of those. I don't see the necessary need for those but they may come in in the future as I run like a regular promotion. People come in and out all the time, especially back in the old territory days where you had people going, okay, I've done what I can in Memphis. So now I'm going to go to Florida. Uh, now I'm, then I'm going to go to Portland. Then I'm going to go, maybe I'll try Vince for a while. Maybe I'll go with Vern in Minneapolis. Whatever went on with it, they were always somewhere else to go. So what does the roster for Pro Wrestling America look like? Well, you can look, check it out on the page. I've got them sectioned off in the main eventers, upper mid-carters and mid-carters, and then also further separated between the baby faces, the good guys, and the heels, the bad guys. So you got the main eventers, guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Jerry the King Lawler, Kurt Henning, The Undertaker, Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, and Terry Funk. Among the upper mid-carters, you've got Terry Gordy, Sting, Eddie Gilbert, Great Muda, Jushin Thunder Liger, Shane Douglas, Jesse James Armstrong, Chris Adams, Sabu, Mr. Electricity Steve Regal, uh, Atsushi Onita, Gold Dust, Steve Carino, Ace Darling, and Rip Rogers. Among the mid-carters, you've got Wonderful guys like Iceman King Parsons, Dirty White Boy Tony Anthony, Dirty Dutch Mantel, Doug Gilbert, Iron Mike Sharp, Rugged Rod Price, Brickhouse Brown, Curtis Axel, Buzz Sawyer, Will Ospreay, Sanjay Dutt, Reckless Youth, Amazing Red, Lord Zoltan, Rick Titan, Brett Wayne Sawyer, 
Mance Warner, Moondog Spot and Spike, and Flaming Youth. Many of these guys are well-respected. And some would say, well, no, you should probably have some of them a little higher. And I would agree with you. If I could have a promotion that had 20 main eventers, okay, then what's the rest of the card going to be? Now you're going back to the old, old, old days of wrestling where you went to see like Luthez and Edward Cartier and um, Ed Strangler Lewis and guys who fought matches for an hour and a half, two hours, and that was the only match on the card. Now you can't have that. And so the main eventers go for the PWA World Heavyweight title. The upper mid card go for the American Heavyweight title, and then everybody else has an opportunity for the television heavyweight title. As I picture trying to figure out a territory here, it's easy for me to fall back on Memphis and the Mid-South Coliseum. I'm like, well, no. Basically, any fan from Memphis is going to go back to Memphis and the Mid-South Coliseum because that's what they grew up with. Just like in Dallas, you'd go to the Sportatorium and the way World Class was. Or uh, Atlanta, you would do that the same way Ole Anderson ran uh, Georgia or Eddie Graham down in Miami. So I, I picked the Upper Midwest because, well, Memphis was part of the territories around for the AWA based out of Minneapolis. And I live in Minneapolis right now. Why not do that? But I expanded it out to take up like a lot of what the AWA's territory was. Because the AWA would do matches in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Chicago, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Memphis, uh, North and South Dakota, Denver, Winnipeg. You had all, all kinds of places. But I decided I'm just going to go do a quick round robin tour of the upper Midwest. So we have arenas in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Milwaukee, Chicago, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Waterloo, Iowa, uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and the Fargo Dome in Fargo, North Dakota, as where we'll have matches going on. And uh, so we have the initial cards coming up. The first three are going to be all one-night tournament cards. So the first one will be for the World Heavyweight and World Tag Team titles. The second one will be for the American Heavyweight and Tag Team titles. And the third one will be for the television title. Uh, as far as the tag teams go, some of them are legitimate tag teams that have been around. Others are guys I threw together because I thought they would be a great pairing. For the tag teams in Pro Wrestling America, you've got the Moondogs, Spot and Spike. You have Iceman, King Parsons, and Brickhouse Brown. The Electric Gentleman, uh, Mr. Electricity, Steve Regal, and Gentleman Chris Adams. The dangerous duo of Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, and Shane Douglas. Uh, Red Lords, which would be Amazing Red and Lord Zoltan, and Eddie and Doug Gilbert. You have Youth in Action, which would be Reckless Youth and Flaming Youth. Two guys I don't think ever wrestled together, but maybe uh, in some of the uh, smaller territories in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, the Sawyer Brothers, Brett and Buzz. Rugged Rod Price and Dirty White Boy Tony Anthony. Rick Titan and Iron Mike Sharp. Steve Carino and Curtis Axel. And Micropod and Sanjay Dutt. These guys will be running the tag team division. And the way I already have ideas for booking these things, there are some good ways to do this that 
you know, you can disagree with me if you want, but again, as the promoter, as the booker, I get the final say. And for any promotion to be any good, you have to have some sort of feud and storyline going on, and typically more than one at a time. I mean, you can sit there and do an entire territory just based on one feud, which Fritz von Erich did wonderfully with the von Erich Freiburg feud. I mean, that lasted for a couple of years, just basically that being the main storyline and who sided on which side. Others, you need just constant rotation, which was one of the good things and bad things about Memphis is that there were constantly new feuds popping up. And sometimes the feuds would overlap where one wrestler would have three different feuds going on because, well, they were booking it that way. But here, here are kind of the initial feuds that I've thought of. And people would first say, well, okay, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Undertaker automatically ought to be one of them. Like, no, that one's too obvious. That one WWF overdid in the Attitude Era because... Yes, they were two of the top stars, and as they are in PWA. But it's one that trying to find a new way to do that may be a little hard. But one that was a very big feud in the early 80s, Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk. Uh, that's one of the big ones. Kurt Henning and Christopher Daniels. Sting and Eddie Gilbert. That would have been a great one had Bill Watts been able to keep UWF running and broken up Hyatt International. Uh, Shane Douglas and Atsushi Onita. Shane Douglas was the franchise for ECW. Atsushi Onita was one of the most hardcore Japanese wrestlers of all time. I would read the PWI weeklies with the results from cards all around. And when you get to Japan, there's all kinds of crazy stipulations on matches with Atsushi Onita, including like exploding turnbuckles and napalm and he was one that was just crazy hardcore. Uh, Reckless Youth and Iron Mike Sharp. Uh, Curtis Axel and Buzz Sawyer. The Moondogs versus Iceman King Parsons and Brickhouse Brown. And the Dangerous Duo against the Red Lords. Many of these will get started in the tournament cards that are coming up. And that's part of the reason why those feuds were picked. Is to way, ways to tweak characters around and to tweak the story line and the flow of the promotion from card to card because otherwise you can just have it set up like baseball and basketball with standings that you know, show win-loss records and just try, who's got the best record at the time and lining people up like that. You can do that, but it gets to be just a hodgepodge of, well, let's just see who's beating the snot out of each other this week. And that's not what the draw is for wrestling. Next week, we will be digging deeper into Exodus as we get the covenant renewed in Exodus 24, and then we start going into the construction of the tabernacle, uh, starting in chapter 25 and takes up most of the rest of Exodus as you have kind of the double talk of God telling Moses, okay, this is how you're supposed to do all of the parts of it, then Moses comes down, and then they spend chapters doing what God told them to do. But the Holy Spirit decided, I'm going to have it written out again 
so that I can emphasize a few things. So we'll start looking at that hopefully next week as well. Until then, this is Pastor Doug Minton wishing you God's richest blessing as you wrestle with theology. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments about what you have heard on Wrestling With Theology, send an email to wrestlingwiththeology at gmail.com. If you have enjoyed this podcast, make sure you have subscribed so it will show up automatically on your podcast app. Please also share the podcast so that more may be equipped to wrestle with theology.